Hello, and welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I am Benjamin Light. And I'm Marco Sparks. And we are Bros Who Watch PLL2. Take two. Yeah, and we're laughing because we just recorded 15 minutes of our podcast without recording it. Yeah. Well done. That was a Hannah move. <laughs> exactly. But we're the kind of bros who do that. And now we're going to, with the same verve and vivacity, talk about, well, this episode. S1E21 of Pretty Little Liars, Monsters in the End. Yeah. Uh, which is a Frankenstein reference, I believe. Is that correct? Uh, I believe so. Because <laughs> I believe we were all monsters in the end. Mm-hmm. Aren't we all? Especially the liars. Mm-hmm. When last we saw the liars, Hannah was smacking the fuck out of Jenna. And then just ice cold walking away after handing her glasses. Yeah, badass bitch right there. So in this episode, it has a, the way, I really love the way the opening shot. Um, they're, the liars, all four liars are at the Apple Rose Grill. They're discussing the kind of the recent evidence that come out against Spencer about the, it's like fibers from Allison's, fibers from Toby's sweater that Allison was wearing. Mm. Was was the sweater on the body or no? The sweater wasn't on the body. They just know she was wearing it because it has her blood on it. I think is that Something what it is? Like that, yeah. So fibers from that sweater were on the Allison bracelet that Spencer had, yeah. and so they suspect that Spencer has been trying to plant evidence against various people, and right. that therefore she must be involved in the murder somehow. She's doing that. And so yeah, at the Apple Rose Grill, uh, the girls are discussing all their possible suspects in this mess, including Ian, Ian and Jenna and Caleb. Mm-hmm. And so, how did you word it before? Uh, Ian is like the prim- well, it's Spencer's primary suspect, of course, is Ian. Yes, of course. But there's also this Caleb and Jenna factor that they need to investigate as well. And this whole scene, the way it's shot, the first shot shows like like a, a mannequin, kind of the body of a mannequin being carried. Well, you by. don't know it's a mannequin at first. It's you just don't. A body yeah, first it just carried. looks like a body, and then you you eventually see the face, which is like a mannequin face. And that's all happening outside the Apple Rose Grill. We like pan up from that across the street, looking in through the windows at the liars talking. Uh, eventually the camera kind of comes inside, but then it'll cut back and forth occasionally to outside because Spencer's facing the window and looking out and she keeps saying, I think somebody's watching us and they'll look out and they'll just see the mannequins and talk about how creepy these mannequins are. They're being set up super clowny, creepy mannequins. Yeah. That are there for the founders festival. Because, uh, they're, this is a, a small town and as all, as we know, all small towns are like founded on like a pentagram, uh, or on like Indian barrel ground or something really creepy. They all celebrate their founders and their founders are usually creepy motherfuckers. Yeah. Their founders are all like clowns apparently. Well, like why do they have to be clowns? Did <laughs> <laughs> a carnival break down well, like, and that's how they founded Rosewood back in the 1800s? Creepy like, like Victorian era clowns, you know, not yeah. even more modern ones. Um, so they keep looking so, out there. Spencer's just like, no, like, guys, I think somebody's watching us. And they look out and see nothing. Eventually, it's concluded that somebody needs to talk to Caleb. And so Hannah is like, well, I'll do it. I don't want you guys talking to him. Yeah. A little interesting. Um, and then so at the end of the episode, they, they pan outside to find out that they are, are in fact being watched. And it's by Officer Garrett Reynolds. Not the episode, the opening, but yeah. Sorry, the opening. Sorry. Um, yeah, the watch by Officer Garrett Reynolds, who's, who is... A little bit creepy. Well, they they don't find that out. Like they all get up to leave. Spencer no, lingers. Sorry, yeah. The liars get up to leave. Spencer lingers a little to look outside, still kind of feeling like creeped out, like she's being watched. But she leaves too. Then the camera pans over, and from out behind one of the mannequins steps Officer Garrett Reynolds, creepy cop. Yeah, 
And again, we were, we were talking about this in the aborted version of this episode that, uh, this is a great set because it's, it's doesn't feel like a set. Like there's a whole interior thing in the Apple Rose Grill, which they don't really use in the show all that much. But there's also a nice, like extensive outside thing. It really feels like mm-hmm. a street corner in a small town with an eating establishment. Um, and we're talking about the, the last time to me, it felt like it was really well used was episode two at the end of, I believe it was the opening of that episode yeah, yeah. where the four girls, like the pans up and the four girls walk out in their separate ways, you know? Um, but I feel like as the show progresses, they use this set a lot more. Like the girls just don't frequent the Apple Rose Grill as much. Oh, I would guess that this is actually like on a back lot somewhere where that yeah. it's like an actual building designed to be both an inside outside set. Um, right. It works well because it, it definitely, it feels like a small town atmosphere. restaurant on a corner. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to guesstimate that this is probably, this scene is probably taking place on a Thursday night. And you notice that a lot of the, PLO episodes just because of the way they have to structure like we have to have an event like a dance yeah, or a yeah. founder's special or whatever. It usually takes place at the tail end of a week and then like the start of like a Saturday. Because they they need time for their characters to go do lots of stuff on the weekend. Yeah. But they usually like to establish with school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and this set too, okay. like it, it perfectly matches the kind of voyeuristic visual style of the show. Always looking through windows from outside and stuff like that. And giving you plenty of opportunity to be in public and yet be watched. Exactly. Yeah. Unbeknownst to you. Yeah. Well, and it is one of those things, too, if you've ever been inside a place at night where there's lights on inside, you usually yeah. really can't see, see that well outside. You can just see yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so let's let's talk about Aria. Yeah, as we joked that we, we always start off of Aria, we... Uh, the perfect world, we'd start off of Arya and somehow end up of Arya too, and talk about Arya a little in the middle because yeah. that's how important Arya thinks she is. Yeah. Uh, so it's school. It's uh, I'm, I'm going to guess like a Friday, Friday morning at school. Um, Caleb comes up to Arya, and uh, Caleb, you know, he's he as we talked about is sorry, I keep tricking that yeah. up, but uh, uh, of course Caleb's talking to Arya because she's also secretly Hannah. Um, he says, look, I don't, he wants to talk about Hannah. And he's like, I don't know what you've heard about Hannah or what Hannah's told you. And Ari's like, well, everything. She says, everything. She's my best friend. And Caleb's just like, he immediately sees, uh, okay, I have not approached friendly ground. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, uh, Ella's walking by in the background. They, they established in the previous lease that, uh, Ella's like interested in who Arya's dating. And it's like they put those previous scenes in there just for this scene. So that Ella can walk by and like behind Caleb's back, be mouthy and like, "Oh, is that the guy?" Like thumbs up, you know. Well, yeah, because Ella's only in like twenty five seconds of this episode. Yeah, and I just love the kind of like dismissive, not quite eye roll, but just like a scoff that Arya does to her mom when it's suggested. It's almost, it's almost Casey esque. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Arya's like as if like me yeah. date this guy who has better hair than me. Yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, no, never. Um, and also. As we said, Arya's dressed like somebody's gypsy mom here. Yeah, gypsy mom who's not trying to hide anything. Like that's a it, it's a flattering look on Arya. Interesting choice, Arya. Mm-hmm. Not it's, a choice most high school guys would be interested in, but no, that's Arya. She's got a, not, a teacher boyfriend. It's not a it's not an unflattering look, though. It's certainly not necessarily a flattering look. It's Maybe like she's, she's doing dressed, it for Founder's Day or she's whatever. She's kind of dressed like a girl who might be homeschooled but has good hair. 
maybe I'm just going to retcon and say that she's doing it in, uh, you know, in honor of Founders Festival or something. Well, she's not wearing creepy clown makeup, so yeah. kudos to you, Arya Montgomery. Um, so Arya, Caleb's trying to talk to her, and Arya's just like, you need to talk to Hannah. Like, yeah. basically closes ranks, and it's like, no, I'm not... I'm not going to be any sort of avenue for you to plead your case here, uh, which right. is nice that occasionally Arya will be a good friend. Well, yes and no. I mean, she's being a good friend to say, you know, if you have something to say about about Hannah, say it to Hannah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Arya's just like, I don't want to hear about this. I've got my own Arya problems. <laughs> they're Arya-sized, and they're important because they're Arya-sized. Well, it's got to be weird for her to talk to Caleb anyway because she is also Hannah. Hannah's just her imaginary self. So Exactly. Well, because Caleb's not talking to Arya. He's talking to, you know, whoever he was dating. It just happens <laughs> to be it's just like man my girlfriend's acting nuts right now yeah he's 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 talking to ed norton right now Mm -hmm. she's not pretending to be like tyler durden anymore yeah um so later aria or moments later aria is talking to ezra in the hallway and (laughs) she sees ella coming so acting fast aria just like knocks ezra's coffee to the ground well it's great is that ezra ezra's always a little cautious when he's talking to aria at school yeah you know she kind of wanders up Starts to say something, and then immediately, like, sees her mom, freaks out, and just, like, slaps the coffee that he just got from the vending machine out of his hand. Yeah. And he's just like, what the fuck? And Ari's like, oh, sorry, let me clean that up for you. And then she's like, down here, you know, so he'll crouch yeah. down with her. Because that's definitely not conspicuous. Like, Ella is not going to notice that at all. Well, I mean, it, I, I guess it's like the idea is that like there's a swarm of bodies and they just yeah. see them. But yeah, so I would have loved the scene later where Ella's like, "Hey, why'd you knock coffee out of Mister Fitz's yeah. hands earlier?" Yeah, because Arya is really good at handling like on the fly. Yeah, <laughs> pronunciations of her own weirdness. Um, so Arya basically says that she wants to stay at home week enough, Ezra. Uh, well, she does a weird thing where she. She talks her way and kind of forces him into dinner at his place because she's like, oh, we need to talk, you know, and Ezra's like, oh, we can do after school. And it's like, oh, no, I, 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 we should do dinner at your house, you know, like he kind of has to agree with her. Yeah. Because that's how Arya rolls. Yeah. Ezra's amazingly whipped for a man who seemingly is not having sex with his high school girlfriend. Yeah. Um, so Arya is talking to Spencer later and she reveals that Ezra doesn't know about the texting mishap with Ella. Well, she's talking to Spencer later in Ezra's place because she knows that there's a spare key under Ezra's mat, and so she just lets herself in. Of course. Um, yeah. And she doesn't want Ezra to know about that because she wa- doesn't want Ezra to be paranoid because that's not romantic. Yeah, doesn't want him to know about the, the texting this app. Which I just, I love the way she worded that, though. I don't want him to be paranoid because that's not romantic. <laughs> I, it's, it, it seems like at times Arya is like secretly kind of annoyed with how cautious Ezra is. Yeah, there are times when it's almost like she's looking not to get caught necessarily, but she's she's reckless at times. Yeah, well, but it's like it, it's like I guess well, it's, it's a reminder young. to her that she's underage and she doesn't like that. Well, yeah, and she's young, and I don't think she quite fully grasps that he's the one with everything to lose. Yeah. It'll hurt her reputation. It'll send him to jail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Arya's looking for the menus because Ezra lives downtown. 
and she's going to order food Look, for them because he's looking at a for menus, no doubt, to some like vegan Thai place or something. Ugh, yeah. Uh, and she finds what is, she bumps his laptop and finds what is ultimately on his fake Facebook, which his we're going to talk about his website page. His website page. They can't, I, they can't I demand say, that you say website page for the rest of the episode. Because they can't say Facebook. I actually, uh, there's a part later where you can clearly see her mouth as she says website page. That's yeah. dubbed in. She said Facebook originally. <laughs> they ADR'd that. You can definitely tell she's saying Facebook. Well, yeah, because apparently ABC did not want to promote Facebook. Whatever. Yeah. So it's, website, it's website page. page. Um, From now on, I will refer to everyone's Facebook as a website page. Your website page. Or as, uh, what we said that Facebook should be called Two Face. Yeah. <laughs> um, she finds a picture of him with a Jackie Molina, some chick, as we're taking a picture of her, and she is wearing an engagement ring. Jackie, bum, is. Bum, bum, bum. and it should be noted it's, it's on like her profile. I think is what it's. But, but there's going to be a lot of drama between Ezra and Aria in this episode about mm-hmm. Jackie Molina and this website page. I mean, if you haven't picked up on that yet, I'm just going to tell you right now, there's going to be some drama in this episode. Yeah. Um, what never website comes page up, drama. Yeah. What never comes up is the fact that this is obviously the last thing Ezra looked at on his website. Mm-hmm. It's Jackie Molina's page. That never comes up. Maybe he was just tagged in a photo. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, so yeah, that picture's a ring on her finger, which Aria... <sighs> What? Ezra calls her just fortuitously right then to let her know that his faculty meeting is running late and that, you know, he wants to know if she's ordered dinner yet, which then Aria makes an excuse for why she can't stay. She's like, I got to bounce. Can't tell you why, you know. And Aria does that a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, Aria is a pint sized teenage girl, but she checks out of things like if, as if she's Batman. I mean, I guess, she's just spied the bat signal <laughs> flying up over the night sky. I guess Ezra's just used to this by now. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, my my uh, my secret teenage girlfriend's kind of weird. She will just like bounce out of nowhere. Like, she gets a text and she's out of there. Well, because I don't really know what's going on. Maybe she's fighting crime. Yeah, defining or defining and defying all gender roles. Arya's full on the man in this relationship. <laughs> Seriously, she is Bond, and Ezra is the weak little Bond girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so later on, as the girls are all comforting Hannah about Caleb and Spencer and Emily are very against Caleb. Well, there's a, there's like this interesting kind of mid episode, like conference of the girls, you know, where they're all in, uh, I think, is it Arya or Hannah's place? It's, I'm all, it's always hard for me to tell like which house they're in. It's not Spencer's. It's a, maybe it's, it's Emily's. A, it's a bedroom. So it's probably Emily's. Yeah. Because, yeah. um, Hannah doesn't have a bedroom yet on the show. Yeah, and so and they're it's obviously not Arya's because you know when you're in Arya's picture. That's true. It's got to be Emily's. Yeah, and they're they're having their little conference, mostly about the Hannah Caleb situation, um, and we'll we'll get to that later. But it does come out that Arya accidentally bumped Ezra's computer and saw his website page and saw this girl, and the it's interesting the different reactions. Emily's Emily's ultimate response is be honest. Spencer's yeah. ultimate response is people can look guilty when they're not. Hannah is like, you need to spy on this guy and make up your own fake website page profile and find out what's really going on and then nail him to the wall for it. Hannah is fierce. Well, let's just talk real quick. Rewinding for just a second there. They're talking about Caleb and the girls are all in their own way weighing in on their opinion on Caleb and Spencer mm-hmm. and Emily are very much against him. And Arya is just like, mind you, Arya is very cold to Caleb. Arya has his back though. She's no, like, she's just like, 
it's not like what he did was the worst thing in the world or whatever. And the other girls are like, what? And it takes them half a second to realize that, oh, subject change. Yeah. Now we're talking about Ari. Ari is only taking sympathy on Caleb because she herself also feels as though she's in a situation where she's gained information she shouldn't have, you know? Right. And, and this is a podcast, so you can't say that we're about to high five, but let's get real, bro. Ezra needs to password protect his shit. Yeah. <laughs> like in a huge way. Yeah, and not not just from your girlfriend, but when you're when you're dating your student, you'd better lock that shit down. I mean, you just you don't want anyone noticing anything. I'm not saying you should let the romance die, but maybe it'd be healthy for Ezra to be a little more paranoid. Put a put a password on that computer, put a passcode on your phone. Just saying. Everything, yeah. yeah. Um also I want to point out Spencer has an ice cold burn when she's like, What could you have possibly found on his website page? Ezra Fitz has joined the Mark Twain fanboy pa- fanboy page. And Arya's just like, that was way harsh, Spence. <laughs> I'm writing it down, Hastings. I'm writing it down. Uh, I just, God, I just love that they can't say Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, but Hannah is remarkably good at internet espionage. We'll talk Hannah, about that later. Yeah, but Hannah, Hannah's internet stalking skills are excellent. Well, so later, later, Arya goes to Hannah, and Hannah just like has a whole like plan of attack for how to get dirt in this Jackie Molina trick, which involves. It's brilliant because it involves finding out that Ezra and this chick went to the same like college, then like going through their roll call of like who attended the college that year, finding like the one girl who doesn't have a website page, mm-hmm. and like starting one in her name with no picture to then friend Jackie Molina to then you know spy on her profile. And Hannah again, classic case of the girl who was raised by her mother after her yeah. parents' divorce. <laughs> but uh, it's like yeah, second I mean, nature to Hannah. Yeah, she is fully dialed into the psychology of creating these fake internet personas. And I just love that Arya's is like, well, why wouldn't we upload a picture to go with Tanya Freeman? And Hannah's like, she's brilliant about the fact that no, the psychology of it all lies within Jackie Molina, that she'll see the name of Tanya Freeman, not see a picture, and then feel bad because she obviously went to school with this girl and can't remember what she looks like. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do want to point out one thing from the previous scene when when Arya very quickly changes the conversation from Hannah to herself, mm-hmm. um, she says uh, that you know she found this this website page with this picture, and she says, "I think he's leading a double life." And then I think it's Emily says, "Wait, I thought you were his double life." Yeah. <laughs> and Arya's like, "Well, maybe I'm his triple life. I don't know." <laughs> um, but then one of my favorite moments about this is that Hannah is like fully set up the Tanya Freeman thing. And now it's the point where it's time for Tanya Freeman to send Jackie Molina a friend request. And Hannah stops and makes Arya, like, hit the button. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hannah, this episode is great for my theory, by the way, about Hannah being Arya's imagined self, Emily being Spencer's imagined self. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so Arya eventually on. does. I, I want to point out, she's got, like, this weird, fancy lavender and black laptop case that I couldn't stop staring at through all these scenes. It's very strange. Yeah, yeah. it's very strange. It's very Arya, too. Yeah. Uh, so she, Arya eventually, she gets, the, like, the, the friend request response from Jackie. She's now friends. But then, like, you know, one of the only, like, selfless things she's, well, it's not even selfless, but she decides, no, I'm not going to be that girl. And then she quickly unfriends. Yeah, there's some really shitty music playing. Yeah. And then she goes and rents Runaway Bride and Big Love. 
All the seasons of Big Love. All the seasons of Big Love. And also something called like Secret Affair or something like that. I just want to say Runaway Bride, whatever the hell Secret Affair is, okay. That, for a movie night, sure, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm thinking in your movie night, maybe you don't need to rent all the seasons of Big Love. Aria's like, I thought we could binge watch them. Yeah, that's a lot of binge watching. Mm-hmm. So Ezra's like, uh, Runaway Bride, Secret Affair, Big Love. I'm sensing a theme here. And Arya's like, okay, I have to tell you something. But then when I do, you have to tell me something. What I love about Arya is that there's not a subtle bone in her little body. No. (laughs) So she tells him about how she saw his website page and wants to know what's up with that. I love the way she, I love the, like, the inflection of her voice when it's ADR then too. Yeah. I saw this on your website page. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Arya is upset because she feels like Ezra knows everything about her. Uh, not true. Mm-hmm. But that he hasn't shared as much of her. And, uh, he gives her the brief version about him and Jackie Molina, but Arya wants more. Well, the brief version, he says, uh, she was somebody I dated for a couple years in college. Um, we weren't always together, but, you know, we, eventually got back together and she's my well, first other girls weren't her yeah and she's my first serious girlfriend and aria says good go on <laughs> yeah yeah so we basically find out that uh that picture of them and that's in, taken in florence um they were engaged he had his brother wire him some money to buy the ring for her in florence I mean, you can tell like aria's like like she looks sick to her, sick to her stomach when he's describing this romantic story of buying the ring oh yeah that's not her that he's talking about. Um, oh, he had a life before her. Yeah. yeah. And it turns out he was engaged, but then she called it off and dumped him. Yeah. Although our, it has to come out and she's like, so you're married. And he's like, no. Uh, and Ari's like, what, what happened? She called it off. It's like, she's like, uh, please, Ezra, tell me about this failed relationship that she got dumped by this girl and don't want to talk about well, it. For a moment there, there's like this look on her face and it's like secretly, like, whether she intends it or not, like, Lucy Hale is doing, I think, is some brilliant work here. For a moment there, it's like, Arya's face betrays this, like, Arya doesn't want someone else's leftovers. At the same time, at the same time, she's playing this whole thing as very pouty and vulnerable, you know? Why didn't I know about this? Even though Ezra's the one who's having to dredge up what, for him, is probably not a fun story to tell. Nobody likes to tell you the story about that time that the relationship didn't work out. Well, as he as he points out to her later, he says, "I don't like to put things that didn't work out on my resume." Yeah, and you've never told me this because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but then he, he clarifies on her that that was then and Arya is now, which mm-hmm. that's what Arya wants to hear. Arya's like, "That's okay. I just needed my daily affirmation that I rule your world." Yeah, exactly. Like absolutely and completely. <laughs> I did find there's a funny moment later where. Presumably they're not watching Big Love or Runaway Bride. It sounded like some 50s movie on TV where he's falling asleep. Arya's, of course, still watching. Hold on. Oh. We are getting to the fucking moment here. Yeah, we are. There's an absolutely insane moment coming up. If you're listening along with us and you're not drinking, pause and pour yourself a beverage. Because this this is like, there's been so many like wonderful moments of this season. But it's episode 21. I don't know how many minutes in. Where this show, it just, like, it just like reaches a whole other meta level of this scene. This sequence you scene. finally realize how completely insane Arya is. Yeah, this, this is like, I guess on one hand, it's kind of cute and juvenile. On the other hand, this is some twisted, dark shit. Yeah. Before we get to that, though, Ezra kind of like, he slowly starts waking up because Arya's, uh, she's been doing some craft work. 
And I like this moment because Ezra seemingly he's he's just waking up. He maybe maybe doesn't have his filter on right now. Because right. he says he's like, uh, he's like, are you gonna torture me because I gave some someone a ring? Arya, seriously, it wasn't even a carrot. You know, like which I feel like that's Ezra. That's what Ezra would say if he isn't worried about what his girlfriend thinks. You know, right, right. He's just like seriously, bitch, calm the fuck down. Um, but Arya is not concerned with that right now. Oh, and it, it should be mentioned in the previous conversation they had. He's like, "Are you mad that I was engaged? Are you mad because I can't take a picture like that with you?" You know, in Florence, looking all romantic. Right. And so now she has decided they are going to take a picture together. Uh, but obviously, if you know, that can be very damaging to them. So they need to hide their faces while they take this picture. So she has made two paper bag masks where she's like kind of drawn like oh, cut, cut, cut eye holes and like drawn like faces on these paper bags. And she's going to have them both put them on and then take a picture together. And she does. If you haven't watched this episode, I don't know why you're listening to the show, but um, yeah. if, you're not, you? if you're not there yet, or I don't know what, like, just go Google this, you know, just Aria Ezra paper bag, you know, like, these pictures, it's terrifying, like, the faces she drew on the paper bags are yeah, so creepy, they have these, like, kind of gigantic mouths on them, uh, and they, so it's just them both wearing paper bags over their heads as she takes a picture. It looks psychotic. Like it well, looks like these people are. The, it's like that movie, The Strangers, where people like show up outside your house yeah. and you're gonna kill you. Like that's who they look like. Lifeless dead eyes. Oh, and there's a there's a mumblecore horror movie called Baghead, which <laughs> is it's it's kind of a jokey concept. It's, there's a lot of things going on in there, but it is kind of terrifying, especially when you have somebody like Arya like doing the art in these faces. These faces are grotesque. Mm-hmm. Like the like his face kind of reminds me of the face from the giant moon-headed guy from the McDonald's ads from way back when. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like this like animated grotesque like this big cheesy grin. Oh god. Like we might have to include the picture with the episode cuz it's Yeah, I might have to put it on the website cuz just fucking terrifying. It's and it's like this, this is, is Arya's romantic gesture. So now I defy you. For all the Ezra Arya shippers, or I don't know what you call you folks, like Ezra, like you people, mm-hmm. you sickos, like just imagine that they're wearing these bags when they have sex. <laughs> Just put that garbage in your mind. Well, this is one of those episodes where I was like, wait a minute. Arya's nuts. She's completely mm-hmm. insane. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, and it's, it's funny. Like, and I, I just wonder sometimes how coy the show is being. Are they still intending this to be romantic or are they just winking at the audience and being like, no, seriously, this is Arya and Ezra's idea of romance, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all couples are a little bit stupid together when they're left mm-hmm. their own devices, but goddamn, this <laughs> yeah. is weird. Well, uh, then, like, five seconds later, Arya gets a text from Emily, and she just bounces immediately. Well, the, real quick, yeah, so she gets a text from Emily about something about a key. We'll hear about more about this episode. But uh, real quick, I want to talk about the font size on Arya's phone is massive. It's not the kin anymore. Yeah, it's not the kid anymore, but like the letters are huge. Mm-hmm. That's probably just so people, you know, the camera can see it easy. But it's not just her. I think on Spencer's is kind of large too. But yeah, um, so yeah, Arya like is just like, oh shit, I gotta go. I mean, like, and she just like grabs her coat and she's gone five seconds later. And Ezra's just like, uh, okay, and then he's very okay with it. Well, think about it. you're Ezra. You just woke up. You kind of drifted off there. Your crazy girlfriend makes you take a picture together with bags over your heads, and then she immediately has to leave. Aren't you a little concerned? You should be. 
He's not though. Especially after she kind of she came into it acting a little jealous about right. what was on your website page. Yeah, your website page. Yeah, Ezra's like uh he's a little too just I don't know, bouncing along with the waves here. Yeah. I'd get a little I get I mean like I said, a little paranoia might be healthy for Ezra right now. No uh-huh. more concerns. Um, so yeah, she leaves immediately and in the most like suspicious manner possible. I would love and it if there she- is a there was a later scene where somebody found the photos and they're like trying to identify who it is underneath the paper bags. Like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Whoever this is, they're obviously insane. Yeah. Probably like some local murderers. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so as she leaves as her apartment, talking on the phone of Emily, let her know she's on her way. We then find stepping down the hallway, witnessing her leaving, is well, Officer uh, Garrett Reynolds. As it's debatable whether or not he witnessed her leaving, because it's like as soon as she kind of rounds the corner going away, then he like steps up. So maybe he just missed her. I think though that he had to have heard her because she's on the phone with Emily. And possibly. She's kind of possibly. I mean, it's it's left open i think i think the writers can go either way if they want which is what i would say you know and we'll find out in the next week's episode but mm-hmm. uh so we have a couple scenes of other characters and then we get back to uh garrett knocks on ezra's door ezra lets him inside because he's a police officer why wouldn't he let him well, he, when he has to? ezra does the thing and this is a decent subtle moment for uh mr fitz there where he's just like oh how can i help you officer and mm-hmm. officer garrett reynolds is like can i come inside and ezra hesitates for a second but he knows that like it will only it'll only be worse if he says no, even though he knows he doesn't have to let him in, you know. Right, right. So Garrett comes in and takes a look at the paper bags that are still there on the couch, and is like, "Huh, not yeah. gonna interesting." And he's like, "Oh, I'd like to talk to you about one of your students." And Ezra puts on his face this look that just says, "I'm guilty as fuck." He puts on a look that he's just imagining what's going to happen to him in prison. Yeah, prison rape. Yeah, the mm-hmm. prison rape face. Um, and Ezra's kind of a boyish looking guy, so he's going to get passed around like cigarettes. Um, that's where I leave off my, my Aria notes for now. All right. Well, let's talk about Hannah. God, yes. Hannah. Hannah is a character who she's gone through some changes over the season as we're, as we're rounding down to the end of season one. Um, there's been times when I haven't hated Hannah, but I just (laughs) haven't liked her as much. I feel like Heartbreak Hannah, Heartbreak looks good on her a little bit, to a certain extent. I like, <laughs> I like The raccoon eyes cold. really work, yeah. I, I kind of like this mean, cold bitch Hannah. Uh, mm-hmm. and she's clearly lost. She's clearly very depressed. Because we started the episode off, or after the, the opening, with Hannah just standing in her kitchen, staring wistfully at her open refrigerator. Yeah, just staring at the open fridge. I, I thought that was a very interesting shot. Um, so Ashley comes in to kind of try to delicately figure out what exactly has gone on with Caleb because Ashley has no idea. Mm-hmm. Hannah's basically not saying anything. She's just like, oh, nothing to tell. He's gone, you know? Yeah. Let's, I was going to say something about Caleb real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for a while, and it's kind of indeterminate, it could have been like a, as much as a week, maybe even like several weeks. Uh, Caleb lived in Hannah's house, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, officially lived there and then like in the basement lived there. Uh, and the time, the time frame of him living there makes much more sense to us, I think, than the time frame by which Hannah's broken leg. Healed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause I think if you actually look at the timeline, like, like it's it, like that's impossible. Nonsensical. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Never mind the fact that they had a whole kind of like sexy rung in the ladder of their relationship with the two of them in the shower. 
I always love that there's always a moment where like Ashley departs, Caleb pops out of the uh the basement and then goes upstairs mm-hmm. to shower or bathe or what have you. They, they, I think every single episode they talked at least once about Caleb bathing. Not a plot detail, not a huge thing, but I was just thinking back in retrospect as I was watching this episode how thankful I am because just imagine what Caleb probably smelled like. <laughs> you know, without the sh- I mean, because he looks like he's not that's the cleanest guy. He's not like oh, he is looking, but let's, let's be fair to Caleb. I think I think Caleb's main problem is probably laundry. That was probably toughest for him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially when he was living at the school. Mm-hmm. I mean, food and shelter-wise weren't, weren't a problem so much. It's like, was he like scrubbing his like shirts and the a toothbrush in the sink or something? But like, it's living Caleb, Jack Reacher style. Yeah, Caleb could could have smelled a lot worse. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, so it's morning time. They've talked about Caleb, and now Mona shows up. Mona shows up, and Ashley immediately gets this look on her face that says, "I don't really like this girl." Um, and I think the reason why Ashley doesn't like Mona, who Mona calls Mrs. M, uh, for Mrs. Marin, is because Mona really makes Ashley feel old. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you can tell Ashley just tolerates Mona. Because Mona always shows up and she's like, hi, Mrs. M, can I get some coffee? Yeah. And then, like, holds out her cup mm-hmm. for, for Ashley to fill up. Yeah, Mona pulls out this, like, wonderful, like, Eddie Haskell routine mm-hmm. around Ashley. Um, yeah, she really does. First of all, we haven't seen Mona in a few episodes, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, Mona's been on the back burner. Hannah's been busy with Caleb. And, and now Mona is basically, she's taking and putting all of the blame on the Caleb situation on herself. Because yeah. she wasn't there to protect Hannah. And she should gonna... have shooed him away a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or as she calls him sketchy. Uh, yeah. So she's going to do a better job of that now. She's going to protect Hannah from now on. She's, she doesn't want to see her get hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so later at school, Hannah finally goes to talk to Caleb. And can we just say for a moment that Hannah is looking hot? Hannah's looking good. Caleb, I feel like he's he's a teen, so I'll allow it. But he's just not. His strategy going into this is poor, you know. Yeah. He's he's still trying to like weasel his way out of what exactly he's guilty of and how he stopped and put gave the money back. Like that's not you know Hannah doesn't want to hear that. But well, she doesn't she, want to hear that he misses her. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Well, you you need to play that a different way. Uh, all Hannah's interested in right now is what what he told Jenna, what Jenna was looking for, and he says that Jenna was looking for a key, Allison's key, that he thinks that one of the liars had. Yeah, Jenna thinks that Allison gave the key to one of the liars. So she, was, but even Jenna doesn't know what the key is to. So he was supposed to look for that, but eventually him and Hannah got serious, so he kind of broke it off with Jenna and gave her his the money back. Right. So later on. Kayla stops by the Marin household to see Hannah, but only Ashley is there. And in my notes for a moment there, I've got written down basically just Caleb and Ashley, heat. Mm-hmm. There's some tension there. Oh, before that, though, just at the at the group powwow, uh, there's mention of how, like, damn Caleb, like, Spencer and Emily are very much on the, the, the hate Caleb bandwagon now about how, like, oh, he's, like, going through your stuff and all that. And Arya's sticking up for Caleb and says, he went through your stuff. He didn't invade Poland. Because yeah. Arya immediately goes Godwin on them. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And and then Godwin's Spencer's like, there. he was probably going through your panty drawer. And no, she screams it out. Yeah. <laughs> he was going through your panty drawer. And they're all like, thanks, Spencer. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, later he runs into Ashley. These two have weird chemistry. Such tension. Mm-hmm. And he... No, he, no real, pause real quick. Sure. For all of you Kindle Worlds folks out there, 
And there's quite a few. Like if you go on Amazon, there's a lot of Pretty Little Liars fan fiction now that you can buy. For dollar ninety nine, I don't know what these the plots are, but you can take home just a fucking truckload mm. of PLL fan fiction. I hope you weirdos are just taking the Caleb and Ashley thing and just running with it. I swear to God, they de- definitely have some chemistry. Maybe in a in an episode, future episode, we'll talk about like what our Pretty Little Liars fan fiction would look like. <laughs> but uh, terrifying, will- probably. <laughs> Absolutely ghastly. It would. I'll tell you right now, and it features Arya in my makeup. <laughs> Just to scare the shit out of you. It, it, it's discreet, but it'll haunt your nightmares. But mm-hmm. yeah, Caleb and Ashley, and just running with that, I would I would go nuts. Um. Anyway, so yeah, Caleb and Ashley have... He says he's leaving for Arizona, and Ashley, he wants to know where, what, you know, where Hannah is, and Ashley says that Hannah has been sitting in a dark room listening to Elliot Smith on a loop. Yeah, and he mentions that he knows that Ashley doesn't like him, and she says that it's not that she didn't like him, it's that she was worried that events with him would eventually lead to Hannah sitting in a dark room listening to Elliot Smith on a loop. It's funny because I would say that Ashley's probably not too old that she herself may have at one point been sitting in a dark room listening to Elliot Smith on a loop. Oh, Ashley's got some tales. Yeah. I mean, she's not there's that old. Some, and Elliot Smith's been, been around a while. There's mm-hmm. been some cowboys, yeah. So, Caleb wants to leave a letter for Hannah, and Ashley's like, uh, no, you should give it to her yourself and say goodbye to her. She'll be at this festival. Mm-hmm. And then when he goes to the festival, oh, first it's, we got the shot of Hannah and, and Mona, or like, they're at like a, like, a, it's like a bake sale thing or something. They're, they're working a booth at the festival, like selling cupcakes or something. Right. Mona's just like texting away, and Hannah's like, I thought you were going to help. And Mona says, I am. I'm making sure you don't throw a pity party and invite a cheesecake. <laughs> Which is... Mona is always good to reinforce the ghost of Hefty Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. I love Mona. She's kind of a bitch, but. Yeah. She's a sweet bitch. Mm-hmm. She's, it's, it's well-intentioned, but. Yeah. Mona, I just have my notes written that Mona's being classic Mona. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Caleb comes looking for Hannah. They see him a mile away. Hannah doesn't want to deal with that shit right now. So she asks Mona to take care of it, and Hannah goes and hides. <laughs> and so Caleb is like, where's Hannah? And basically Mona's like, oh, I'm sure she'll be back as soon as you leave. You know, like, yeah. in case you can't take a hint, bro. So he yeah. gives Mona this letter. He's like, oh, can you give this to Hannah? He takes off. Mona reads the letter and then tears it up, puts it in the trash can, and then pours her slushy over it just to make sure that it is uh, out of well, out no, of commission. Hold on, hold on. You're missing a key detail here. Okay. He gives her the letter, right? He then mm. departs. Once he's out of eyeshot, Mona opens the letter. Yeah, she reads it. Reads it. Reads it. It disproves. Like she's just she's disgusted because it basically well we find out later what it says, but she's not pleased at all with what it says. Then she tears it up, throws it in the trash, and makes sure to pour her fucking drink on it. Well, she does the thing where she's she tears it up and puts it in the trash, and then kind of like looks around and is like, oh, grabs a drink, pours drink on it too. You know, like that'll do. I mean, it's it's dare I say excessive. Yeah, it's wonderful. Oh, and then Hannah comes back and she's like, oh, what do you want? And Mona says, uh, change for a twenty. So. Mona's, this is her idea of protecting Hannah is to just basically like remove Caleb from her life. Yeah, yeah. Um, it reminds me of that moment from Buffy season two when uh, Xander has to deliver Caleb's yeah. news to Buffy about the future of Angel. Um, 
which is such a weird reference for people who are watching, listening to a PLL podcast. Um, so then Ashley later comes to the festival to see Hannah and she's surprised when Hannah tells her that Caleb never came to see her because Ashley was pretty sure that Caleb was coming to see her mm-hmm. and that she feels that she was wrong about Caleb. And Hannah's like, well, why is that? And Ashley says, cause I see myself in him, which is <laughs> interesting. <laughs> Yeah, you'd think it'd be the other way around. Hello. hey So. We do, do see briefly, like, the camera pans to the torn up letter in the trash, and the only parts we see are it says, I love you, and then please call me. So. Yeah. Obviously, Caleb hasn't given up yet. Hannah never saw that, but she's still pretty pissed off at Caleb anyway. I'm not sure if the letter would have done much. Uh, she later sees him getting on a bus with, like, her and Arya are headed, uh, headed out on their mission. They see Caleb getting on a bus, and Arya's like, you should go talk to him. And Hannah's like, no, not going to happen. Right. Um, that's pretty much Hannah. Yeah. Episode. Then we have Spencer. Or Emily. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. Got about <laughs> that. How could I forget about you. Emily? This is a long episode, by the way. <laughs> this is a fantastic episode. Uh, so, the episode, start of the episode, Paige has gotten two tickets for her and Emily to go to some concert, but... Paige wants to bring some guy along too to be their beard. Yeah, and it's very it's very interesting how Paige works that in, where Emily like she reaches for her. This is a it's a weird motif for dating for romance or whatever. Um, I was gonna say for lesbian romance, but really just for romance because she just happens to be a lesbian. But it's like it's like Emily reaches for her wallet. Paige stops her and says, "You know, don't worry, I can afford the tickets, even though they're expensive or whatever." And then she kind of haphazardly mentions, like, blah, 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 dude, we'll just have to pay for his own. And Emily's like, why would blah, 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 dude be coming with us? And, yeah, he's just the beard. He's there for cover because Paige still doesn't want to be known as a lesbian. This is the this whole episode with Emily is about her discovering that Paige is a nutcase. Um, and that well, closeted nutcase. Deeply closeted. But even even, like, besides that, I think she's realizing that, like, all all other things aside, Paige is kind of nuts and like maybe not the sort of person you'd want to date. So Paige mentions like she's like, Oh, I'm still not ready to come out, but I have like gone to some website and read about it and whatnot. And there's some group she could go to, but like it's at another school, so she can't go to it or something like that. And Emily says, like, oh, why don't uh why don't we meet one of the people from that, you know, campus pride group for some coffee or something? We can just all talk about it. And Paige looks like she really doesn't want to do this, but she agrees to it anyway. Yeah. So naturally, in the the next scene, when Emily shows up at the Apple Rose Grill to meet the girl, and uh, Paige never shows. Uh, the girl. Is... This is Samara, who you don't remember, right? Because I always mention her, and you're like, "Who's I, that?" I do remember her now because I remember parts of this episode. Mm-hmm. I remember everything with Caleb and Mona and all that. Yeah, this is Samara, also known as one of the original vampires from Vampire Diaries. Um, she's uh, just like there's some, a weird correlation between Vampire Diaries and this show. Same like, production company, I believe. Like with Tori DeVito and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Samara's kind of more kind of a dirty blonde. Um, I don't want to say hippie because it's not like super pronounced, but she's a little more like naturey, you know. She makes her own like jewelry. She makes her own jewelry, but she's not like wearing like some hemp or anything like that. True, true, true. And she just seems like a pretty chill person. And after a while, she's like, uh, "So Emily, is there actually a friend?" Or you know, yeah. 
And Emily's like, no, no, no. Seriously, there is a page. She exists. She's just a bitch and didn't show up. Emily's just like, look at me. Look at me. Mm-hmm. You think I'm making this shit up? Look at me. And Emily, I think here we see her. She's she's meeting some cool lesbians who aren't nutcases, you yeah. know. And she's like, huh, that's interesting. There 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 are people out there I could date, other than like the one lesbian at my school who's insane. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So Samara mentions that she makes her own jewelry, that she's gonna have a booth where she sells it with some friends at the festival, and invites Emily to stop by the next day. So Emily stops by the birth the booth at the festival proceeds to just fall into like a pattern of like flirting with samara it's and like then, course, it's not like uh like sleazy flirting though like it's it's, all it's very naturalistic innocent. yeah it just kind of it just kind of organically springs up um and then Paige, of course walks in and catches them not even like catches them but just sees them and like her and her dark cloud walk in and like just kind of like piss all over everything and Samara's trying to be nice, and she's like, sorry, we couldn't meet, but if you'd like to meet again later, I'm all's available. And Paige looks horrified that, like, Emily's even told Samara anything about her, you know? Yeah, Paige is very rude. Very rude. Very rude. She And she just looks nuts. Like, her eyes are all, like, huge and, like, almost, like, bloodshot. Like, she's just... Isn't she... Yeah, yeah, like, she's been up all night being mm-hmm. weird. But, like, isn't she, like, wearing, like, a leather jacket or something? It's, like, she's very broed out. Um, yeah. Well, and Samara's and- just trying to be nice and smooth things over. And Emily's just like, look, you're being a bitch, you know. Well, so Samara has given Emily a pair of earrings that she's made because she she thinks they look good on Emily. And Emily seems to like them. Mm-hmm. And so Paige is being a bitch about it all. And Samara inadvertently sets it all off with, you know, when Samara's, like, trying to, like, nicely back out of this drama, she says something to the effect of to Paige of, Tell your friend how hot she looks in those earrings, and mm-hmm. Paige goes into Hulk mode. Well, it's because Paige doesn't even like it acknowledged by anyone else that she's a lesbian, basically. Yeah. Like that's that's what's happening here. Is that she, alone, does, she doesn't like hearing else, it, you know? Let alone someone else now now openly like uh, complimenting and flirting of her pseudo girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but later that night, Emily's in her room and she's admiring these earrings from Samara, and she's ignoring Paige's text. If Paige texts her, and Emily just rolls her eyes. And then a texter to like just you know rub it in. Poor M, you definitely have a type. Love me, lie for me. <laughs> this is uh by the way, this is the first appearance of A in this episode, and we're eleven minutes before the end of the episode when this scene happens. A's taking her time, yeah. Yeah, A, but A is like it's it's so weird to me. Like uh, you know, minor spoiler for the future of the show, A becomes a huge fucking deal in the show, and it's just weird to me. Like like season one is very much about the drama that these girls experience elsewhere and a just kind of stirs the pot occasionally well the funny thing about this show is a starts out having a couple good juicy secrets for each of them Mm -hmm. and then uses that to force the girls into all sorts of new compromising situations Mm -hmm. where whereas then a gets a lot more material to use against them like a is able to manipulate them into getting much deeper into things that they don't want anyone to know about a is what you would call either a really good gambler or a really good Wall Street person. Yeah. Um, so this text cues in Emily a fairly important flashback to something of Allison. Well, I, I, I say, this is how Emily's mind always works. Well, I think something the, the happens, point, or a text something, and then suddenly Emily is just possessed by yeah. a flashback. Well, I, the point of the text, the point of the text is to suggest that Samara, although maybe not personality-wise, physically, somewhat looks like Allison. Right. And so, like, that's that's the new type. 
So we get the alley flashback where this is the the day uh, before the night that she disappeared. Yeah, because she's wearing the same yellow top. Mm -hmm. She's got something special just for Emily that she didn't get the others. It's a snow globe, uh, which she says is more valuable than it looks, so hold on to it. Um, well, she specifically she specifically asks Emily to lie about it because mm-hmm. it's a gift that she brought back from her trip. She got it from her grandma, a vintage snow globe. And she also says things like, "Oh, nobody understands me like you do, Emily." Um, and she says she has to be completely honest with. And she says she has to go because she has a prior engagement. Yeah, I love that she says that. Yeah. So then she don't takes have any off. fun without me. She says. Back in present day, Emily gets up, walks over to the snow globe, which of course she kept shakes it a little and realizes that there's something hidden in the base of it and kind of peels back the like the felt bottom of it and out falls a key a key to a storage place raven plus storage yeah yeah so you want to talk about spencer now oh fuck yeah good old spencer first so we it- see uh melissa spencer's sister and uh their mom talking in the kitchen about how like is like Melissa was like getting her hair done or something, and the person was like trying to ask her about like you know gossip about Spencer and find out what's going on there, and so the the whole town is now gossiping about Spencer well, and how Spencer is a killer. And Melissa mentions that it's annoying to her to deal with this gossip, even though Spencer will probably be in handcuffs by the time Melissa's having her baby shower. <laughs> but uh, I just want to say that that this post opening sequence of Spencer starts off it's before school, it's morning time. Spencer is coming down the stairwell in her. Mm. House. I feel like we've seen a lot of riffage on that in the past few episodes. It's almost as if they're trying to visually present this metaphor that Spencer has woken up into some kind of new harsh reality. And she's woken up yeah. into a new nightmare. But there's been a lot of sequences of Spencer coming down her stairwell to find something just personally dreadful happening mm-hmm. in her living room kitchen area. And in this instance, it's that she's now become the talk of the town. Yeah, yeah. Which, and, to some uh, extent, Spencer could give a fuck about. I think she's just annoyed that like people care, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or that she that she's living a life that they could care about. Um, the Founders Festival is happening this weekend. Veronica wants uh, Spencer to work with Melissa and Ian for a Mrs. Acker who does some kind of whatever yeah. something for the thing. Um, because some local, it, yeah. So Veronica wants Spencer to make nice local townsfolk to improve her image. But Veronica, unlike uh, Mrs. Fields or any of the others, mm-hmm. gives the absolutely, to me, best excuse for why you should keep up a good appearance in the community or care yeah. what other people think about you. It's because these people, the citizens of Rosewood, are all potentially future jurors. And that court cases are decided in living rooms, not jury boxes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love that. Like, But first of all... Implied in that is this idea that she thinks Spencer is guilty enough, or her situation is dire enough that she's going to she face a court. Think about, yeah. yeah, she needs to think about what a jury will think of her. I <laughs> yeah. love that. Like this is Spencer just cool. looks kind of horrified by the thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this, and so Veronica, you know, offers the fact that this means no more Toby. Yeah, Spence gets a text from Toby, and she's just like, yeah, I don't think you should uh, follow up on that. And as a matter of fact, why don't you stay away from Toby for a while? This is not terrible advice. Spencer's pretty defiant, but it's not terrible advice, yeah. I mean, this is... 
Spencer's essentially starting to date the previous number one suspect in Allison's murder before she became mm-hmm. the number one suspect. Not only the number one suspect, but the number one suspect who's also uh, suspicious or suspected of having framed the previous mm-hmm. number one suspect. This is not creating a good narrative. But for Spencer her. is defiant, and I think part of the reason is because she thinks, and like in her own mind, the way her own mind works, she thinks that Toby might think that she set him up originally with that sweater. Yeah. Because now it's coming out like she had the sweater to begin with. Well, so she initially she's following her mother's advice. She's kind of blowing Toby off. And she's really worried that that Toby won't want anything to do with her because he might suspect that she did use him as a scapegoat all along. Mm-hmm. Um, so as much as she goes to see him, and Toby's in front of his house working on a motorcycle like an asshole. <laughs> Just like an asshole would. Um... And Toby mentions to her, you know, we shouldn't be seen together because, and he just has to gesture down the street to the black and white police vehicle that they're mm-hmm. being watched by the cops. Oh, he's like, no, I don't think he set me up, you know, obviously. Uh, but no, like, your mom's right. We shouldn't be seen together. And, and she's like, well, why don't you come over later? And he's, or no, he offers that. And she's like, actually, no, my mom doesn't want you around either. And he's like, oh, that's probably a good idea. Well, and, and let's talk about the fact that the cops, are no longer pretending to, to watch them with like unmarked vehicles and yeah. complaints to detectives. Now they're saying the, the black and white. Yeah. So they're, the boys they're, blue. they're trying to make a, make plans to meet up at the Founders Festival when Chenething walks out the front door and mm-hmm. says that she needs a ride to school to do a makeup test. And I love I love the way whenever Chenething shows up, the, the, all the liars, whoever's there, they all get, get quiet and just don't say anything. You know, yeah. They yeah. never want to say hi, Jenna, or anything like that to announce their presence. They all just right. like shut up and hide. Uh, it says Spencer, you know, g- gives the fingers, you know, for seven, you know, for the time to meet. That's when she's going to meet Toby at the Founders but Festival. What I love about this sequence is that Spencer is doing this. She's giving this hand gesture to indicate seven for Toby so that Jenna obviously won't hear them because Jenna's mm-hmm. blind. But she's now officially making it easier for Officer Garrett Reynolds in the black and white police vehicle to see. Yeah, and then he pulls up next to her, and she's just like, if you were wearing jeans, this would be considered stalking. And he's like, whoa, when she says, Because he says that the reason that he's trailing her is that this might clear her name, and that she should be thankful that it's him that's trailing her, rather than somebody who thinks that she's guilty. That he can't have a personal opinion about her when he's in uniform. And Spencer, I think, is like, she's not having that. She's like, whatever, asshole, like, walks off. Uh, so at the fall festival, working for Mrs. Acker, who seemingly is, if not like a reverend's wife, she's somehow church goody goody. Mm-hmm. Um, she's really buying into this like wholesome Americana, like Ian and Melissa. Well, I, love, I love that Ian and Melissa are now suddenly pretending to be part of like the town elders. You know, like that's that's Perfect kind couple. of the the vibe they're giving off. Is like, oh, we're we're a great couple that's going to have a kid and we want to be involved in all these town activities. Yeah. Ian's a good guy. And Spencer's just like disgusted with it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Mrs. Acker is talking about various places to go on some kind of trip of her own, which Spencer jumps in and sabotages the, the perfect American couple by bringing up that they should go to Hilton Head because Ian's an expert in Hilton Head. And Melissa trying to cover for Ian there stumbles into a, a bad obvious lie about Hilton Head and gets caught. Well she talks about how oh it has a great view of the ocean and then Mrs. Acker's like, Oh, I thought it faced the golf course instead and so 
And then like Spence or Melissa's like, oh, maybe I was there a different time. Or like, you can, you can tell she's lying now. Like Mrs. Acker doesn't notice, but Spencer obviously notices. And, and is very proud of herself. Mm-hmm. So Ian comes over and, you know, gives her this quiet, like, what the fuck are you doing thing? And then he disappears. Miss Agar disappears. Well, after Ian gives her, gives her that, like, little, you know, like, you know, bitch session, Spencer has just the most satisfied look on her face. It's like an evil satisfaction look about, like, haha, I just stirred some shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so when it's just her and Melissa for a moment, for one of the first times ever, and she's just kind of this proud smile and, Melissa has no snappy comeback. She just has to eat it and leave. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like the way Spencer's so defiant now. Yeah, yeah. She's back against the wall. She's a little bit crazy. Uh, so later that night at the Founders Festival, Spencer and Ian have a pretty nasty chit-chat. Um, openly hostile. Up, yeah, openly hostile. He brings up this like quicksand analogy that she's sinking, and the more she's like fighting, trying to make him look bad, the quicker she's sinking and in my notes i just written down like all these fucking clowns <laughs> well on, on back briefly to uh the scene before it's spencer basically acknowledges that melissa was lying about the hilton head the whole story about the abortion and whatnot she's obviously just lying to cover for ian and melissa she kind of does look regretful at the end of this scene like that would be the best way i, de- I could describe her face yeah really so curious as to what what's going on in like the the other show where it's like melissa's the main character you know yeah yeah uh, the more conventional but yeah this, show. this yeah. fucking festival all these creepy ass clown costumes and like dudes on stilts walking around like it's pretty terrifying on the other podcast on our time to remember podcast we talk a lot about uh what the fuck is going on in ravenswood yeah but starting at the beginning here what the fuck is going on in Ra- rosewood um so, like, later Spencer is waiting from the creepy funhouse, waiting for Toby to show up. And she gets a text from an unknown number saying that it's Toby. He's borrowed a phone because his died, that he's inside the funhouse. Which, come on, little suspicious. Come on, Spencer. By now, by now you should be a little suspicious of this. This is you being very unspencer-like. Mm-hmm. Just, to, just to buy this. so she goes in and at first she's like following like a like a bunch of other people roughly her age in a creepy that haunted house yeah that guy's laugh though he's not like part of the fun house it's just like a dude he's just like walking to the fun house like another what don't you call him like tourist or whatever mm-hmm. his laugh is very fucking weird <laughs> yeah. it's just like oh 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 um, yeah the whole they get to a part in the fun house you know it's one of those fun houses where stuff's coming out from all angles she gets to a part where there's like black light and like words written on the walls yeah people are, are jumping clowns are jumping at you trying to scare you as if it's like a halloween themed yeah house. but we haven't gotten any sense of that seemingly it's sometime around thanksgiving on the show i think yeah and and i just want to point out of all the black light things written on the walls one of the things is essentially are we having fun yet yeah but then there is also a message from a on the wall that says shut up or i'll shut you up a yeah. Oh, juicy. So Spencer kind of panics and she goes and I, I'm not sure if this is like where you're supposed to go on the ride or if this is a way out. I think it's a way out. It's one of those circular kind of portal type doors. Like you'd go into a dark room? Like a dark room. Yeah, that's the best example I could give where it's you spin the door around for so there to be an opening and it's designed so that uh, in a dark room, like no light can get in because like the, the both sides can never be open at the same time. 
right. So she goes into one of those, which I assume is probably like what somebody would hide in to jump out. But she's right. thinking she can get out the other way. But instead, she gets stuck inside. And then somebody, presumably A, somebody wearing dark gloves, jams a crowbar into the base of it so that it won't turn anymore. Right. So now Spencer's and stuck inside, pounding on things and yelling for somebody to let her out. Spencer freaks the fuck out. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, and she pulls out her phone, not acting sensibly at all, starts to call Arya, and drops continues phone, to yeah. freak the fuck out and drops her phone. Doesn't actually get to call, call Arya off. Um, actually, I think Arya's calling her is what's happening. Because meanwhile, Arya, Hannah, and Emily are outside looking for Spencer because they want to go check out this new key they they have. Which they eventually just like go without her. They're like, well, whatever. Yeah. Um, eventually, it's Ian who frees Spencer. I want to talk about this little bit here. Like Ian, like the the door finally opens and it's Ian there and he's holding the crowbar and he has this kind of shocked expression on his face. Yeah. And Spencer's like screams, you know, and like because she thinks like Ian's about to attack her or something. Well, he, she thinks he's holding the crowbar in a very threatening yeah. fashion, but. But at the same time, Ian, like, I do wonder, like, who did Ian expect to find in there? Because he has a, a like, it, it almost makes you wonder, you know, on that other show that, that Melissa is the star of, like, what is happening with Ian this whole time? Right. You know, because I, I don't think he's A, and I don't think he's actually the killer. And Which so is too obvious, yeah. If you accept those two data points, then it's like, well, what... Why is he acting the way he is? Like, has A possibly been messing with him, too? Like... Did he think that A was inside? Like, is is he looking at Spencer thinking, oh my god, you're A right now? You know? Well, we don't know, but the, he's there with the family, and the family has been looking for Spencer. Well, they, uh, he stares at her, kind of like horrified for a couple seconds, and then he's like, hey guys, I found her, you know? <laughs> it'll be interesting to see if this, if this moment kind of turned the tables in how he treats Spencer. Because mm-hmm. he treats her like she is a weak and powerless high school girl a lot. And it'll be interesting to see if this changes it, if he's now suddenly very afraid of her and her power. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so he frees her. Spencer then gets it. Uh, he picks up her phone, which she's dropped. Uh, when the text gets, she gets a text, she yanks it out of his hand. <laughs> it's a text from Toby on Toby's number. That it's he's like, outside. hey, I'm outside. Where are you? <laughs> yeah. And which I would think to Spencer has got to make her feel stupid mm-hmm. for believing that whole. I mean, first of all, a the fact that someone like A is in your life, so like you know, because we talk about Ezra, maybe a little paranoia would be healthy in these girls' lives too. I'm Seriously, when well, Spencer's um, normally so paranoid, I I think you can just say that uh, her her attraction to Toby is probably making her less cautious than she should be. Yeah, so Spencer leaves with her mom and her sister and that Mrs. Ackerman, um, the ladies, and mm-hmm. so she go she sees Toby outside and. She wants to go talk to him, but her mom's just like, nope, come on. And she starts to walk away, and then Spencer decides, fuck it. She does the thing where, like, she wants to go back and then stops and keeps going, but then it's like, no, fuck it. Runs back to Toby, you know, hugs him, kisses him. Mrs. Acker is just kind of like, er? You know, like, as she watches this. But Spencer doesn't care. She doesn't care about her reputation. She spends her Hastings. Well, and Veronica's got this look on her face like, great, I mm-hmm. just lost this case. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this yeah, is really going to hurt her like record of prosecutions. Or, yeah, because yeah. like there's like a there's like a Perry Mason show where like Veronica Hastings has like a perfect like like win rate. Mm. Um, so then Arya, Hannah, and Emily go to the storage locker thing. Uh, they open it up. 
with the key that they have. Hannah opens it up. Interesting oh, enough. Hannah opens it up. Well, I do want to. I want to point out one thing. You can tell it's like winter time because they're all wearing like trench coats now. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, they open it up. Uh, it's completely empty except for a Tweety Bird lunchbox. Yeah, just sitting on the ground in the middle of the storage shed, which is a fairly, you know, it's probably like a an eight by ten or something. Yeah. Inside Not a cheap storage locker. Yeah. Presumably, Allison paid in advance. Inside right. is just a lunchbox. They open the lunchbox up, and there's a flash drive inside. Mm-hmm. And so I like the way they they take the flash drive, leave the lunchbox, and just peace out. For some reason, I watched this. I was like, no, take the lunchbox too. Like maybe that's part of the clue, but guess not. No, no. Well, so Arya wants to hesitate. I don't know, if like ponder this out or discuss it out. And Hannah's just flat out like, no, we take this. We go. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to linger here. So later on, the the girls have gathered together again to all four in, yeah. investigate what's on the flash drive, which turns out to be videos of like of the type that say somebody watching them through the window would be taking. Uh, like there's videos all, of them yeah. them back on the Fourth of July, the night of the Jenna thing. Like videos of them like you know playing dress up in I think it was Allison's house, um, or whoever's house it was, and that's. That's all of the flash drive is videos. But they they learn from the videos that somebody has been spying on them for years. Creepy peeping Tom videos, yeah. And that it's obviously not Allison because she's in the videos. Mm -hmm. Um, That Allison always assumed that it was Toby who was spying on them, which was Spencer quickly replies that there's no way this is Toby. Mm -hmm. And then Arya asks, well, why? Why are they filming us? And why did Allison have these videos? And then Spencer ponders the question of it all of, is this why Allison was killed? Most likely, yeah. It was like Allison had some information about some peeping toms, apparently. And yeah. perhaps that is what got her killed. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Uh, so then we get an A tag. A tag where uh, A is stealing the, the spare key from Ezra under Ezra's floor mat. So watch out, Ezra. Which, first of all, this is, a, this is like an inside apartment building mm-hmm. like hallways uh he has a mat in front of his apartment there's a key underneath it this is stupid yeah stupid move ezra this is dumb this is this is really really dumb this is a garbage thinking but yeah so a picks up the key i guess ezra is not friends with any of his neighbors or you know and he's a moral yeah. i mean then again he's kind of unsafely without guile dating a high school girl <laughs> asking to get caught but yeah. uh a kind of like lingers for a moment, like the black glove, like holding that key as if she's going to stick it in the doorway. And then A just runs off. Yeah, retreats. Yeah. So now, now he's got access to Ezra's apartment. Mm-hmm. And we're all set up for next week's episode, the season one finale, entitled For Whom the Bell Tolls. Ooh. Juicy. Good times. Can't wait yeah. for that. So, uh, yeah, that was Monsters in the End. Interesting episode. Move some stuff forward. I really, I, d- I did like the bit with Ian where you, you suddenly kind of like get this flash of uh, recognition that like, like what's going on in his mind right now? You right. know, and much right. in the same way that like he suddenly saw Jenna in a different light when Hannah slapped her. Now it's like, what, you, what is Ian thinking the whole time? Obviously, like him and Melissa feel the need to cover for him, but like for what? Well, so, but. For at least like the past few episodes, especially, 
Ian has been so goddamn smarmy the whole yeah. time. And for this one moment, he really looks like... He looks shy. vulnerable, yeah. He looks, yeah, very vulnerable, very shaken up. Like, he doesn't know quite what to expect or what's going on here. I like the idea that he thinks Spencer is A. That's a that's a fun idea to hold. Yeah. Well, and it, it kind of ties into... One of the things that Spencer's afraid of is that there's people out there who really think that she is a monster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like uh, Allison accusing her of that, Jason DeLaurentis accusing her of that, and that it could be used against her. Definitely. All right. Well, uh, yeah, we will be back very soon to talk about For Whom the Bell Tolls. Tolls for the... Tolls for the... Sorry. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Well, we're just going to stop, uh, stop recording now and afford ourselves any future embarrassment. Yes. Toodaloo. Bye-bye.